Happy Friday, everybody. Season 2, Episode 3 of Kiki with Kian. You know how to love me. Yes, y'all do. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Kiki with Kian. It is Friday the 15th of November and I am recording live from my favorite city in America, Philadelphia. Uh, This is my city of origin. I love Philly. I respect it. Um, I became an adult in Philly. I lived in Philly for seven years. Um, with the college here, Temple University. Woo woo. I love the food, the cuisine, the people, the niggas. <laughs> um, I'm listening to some Philadelphia Soul in the background. Phyllis Hyman, you know how to love me. Philadelphia Soul. It's a genre of soul music. Um, produced and spearheaded by um, Leon Huff and Kenny Gamble. Uh, Patty LaBelle is part of Philadelphia Soul. Hall and Notes is part of Philadelphia, so they're also Temple alumnus like me. Um, and we just know how to get down in Philly. <laughs> My friends like to joke and sound listen to music between 1975 and 1996, but that's because they're haters, and I don't take them seriously. Have y'all heard the music now? Most of it is trash, so they have no room to talk. But anyway, y'all, I'm so happy to speak with you guys today. Um... I'm in Philly recording. I came up for a friend's birthday. And I'm also going to see two other groups of friends. Uh, We all kind of know each other because we all went to college together. But I'm like the common denominator. It's like, oh, those are Kean's friends. Or, you know, oh, I know them because of Kean. So it was like that. Um, I got into town last night. Um, I had drinks at Copa's. With my sister and one of my really good friends. Um, it's actually her brother's birthday. I'm cool with her brother. We're friends. But me and her are like extremely tight. Um, she basically is my protege. And I love her to death. Um, I ain't going to give that thought any uh, credits uh, this episode though. Maybe another episode. Um, she's not really a thought. I, that's just how I talk y'all. Like I say a bitch named Keen or a bitch is thirsty. I'm referring to myself. It's all love. Uh, I respect myself and women. I call men bitches too. I know how PC some of y'all like to get and I ain't got time for it. Uh, like today, our episode is going to be talking about the alphabet men, a.k.a. LGBTQ men. I'm a part of that group. Uh, proud and out. It took a long time though, but I, I'm, I'm proud and out. So without any more talking about recaps let's go into the topic today so last week when i spoke to you guys i told y'all that i wanted to talk about the stigma around hiv and aids um with gay men and i brought that up because i remember when i first became sexually active i was so scared of contracting the virus like scared I remember one time I was in health class and they were talking about it. And for some reason, I just started like freaking out to the point they had to like calm me down in a guidance counselor's office. Like I thought they were going to sedate me like I could barely move. I just started busting out crying. And I'm surprised they did not call my mother 
when that happened. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't 18 yet. So they should, I wasn't even 17 yet. I don't even know why they. Yeah, that's. Mm, anyway, I'm gonna follow up with that. Uh, but yeah, I just remember that happening because my parents did not talk to me about sex at all. Um, my mother had me when she was 16. So, and my father was a couple years older and he was, uh, he didn't, they didn't go to school together. They were, they lived down the street from each other. Uh, my father was a high school dropout, got his GED. My mother dropped out of college. So I had to finish for both of them. And I did surpass them in more ways than once, not just in education. But let me not roast them right now. I did enough of that two episodes ago. But um, I um, I just remember like, oh, my gosh, like being so scared about it. And for years, I would not get tested. I didn't want to talk about HIV. I didn't want to do anything at all. It wasn't until, you know, I started dating this guy and he was... See, I don't like people always assuming someone's on a download because they're not out. This person's not dating women or whatever. They just one of those people like, I don't want people in my business, which I think is fair. I don't think that necessarily means someone is on a download. You know, they're not out here tricking women. You know, they'll say like, I mean, if a woman dance with them or approach them, I'm like, okay. But I mean, it's not like you're having whole relationships and families with people and you're sleeping with men on a low. That's not what this guy was doing. But anyway, you know, one night we were like getting involved and he made a point before we did anything. He said, you know, I always want you to protect yourself, like out here, protect yourself. Don't fall into any trap. You know, no matter how much someone says what to you, always protect yourself. Like that's the most important thing. And I followed that. And then, you know, I, I just actually just cut this guy off and after like six years, but on and off. But yeah, it was, that was eye opening to me because I'm like, okay, like I, 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 I did protect myself for the most part. I did had a couple slip ups, but I was so scared of getting tested. And to be honest, that led to me gaining weight. I thought like, oh, if I gain weight. That's not going to do anything. But of course, that led to other things like, okay, now my blood pressure, I have to like lower it. I don't have hypertension, but my blood pressure is high. So it's like, damn, bitch, now you got you you gained weight. You have to watch your blood pressure, all this other stuff. Um, I'm going to also talk about my blood pressure in a future episode because I found out through something very spiritual. But anyway, I. um, I. um. Back to the story. But yeah, for years, I was just scared of getting anything. And then one day I was with a friend of mine who was also one of my roommates. And I saw one of those mobile blood work trucks on my school's campus. And I had graduated the semester before, but we still lived near the school. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get tested. I kind of wanted my friend to get tested with me, too, because he's a thought. He's straight. Um, He's a straight thought. And... I said, he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go get tested. So I got one of the rapid testings. And thank God, I the, the test revealed I'm negative. So I'm like, thank goodness. And then I made it a point to try to get myself tested 
every three months after that. And then I started dating this guy and we were safe for a year. And then we stopped using, you know, condoms. And then after I, he was very like conscious to about it. I think we just both like, you know, after a year we were like, okay, we're only dating each other basically. So, okay. And that was probably the first time I realized like, damn, like, with gay guys, we're always taught to use condoms, protect ourselves, so forth. But that's not always the case with straight couples or heterosexual couples, you know. If a heterosexual couple stop using condoms after five or six months, no one is side-eyeing them. Hell, sometimes people get pregnant within that time period. No one says anything. But with a straight couple, you know, people expect them, even years of dating, to use protection. And I don't know if that's from that silly notion that gay men are promiscuous and are not loyal or faithful. And that's why you should always use protection. Or is it just HIV is so stigmatized with gay people? It's like y'all are affecting each other. So if you don't have it and you know you don't have it, protect yourselves. Like, I don't know. But that's really what I thought for the longest time. Like, oh, wow. I can't even have a committed relationship to someone and have sex with them without a condom because we're ingrained to think that if you're sex you should always use protection and I'm an advocate for safe sex you guys know I'm on prep I still practice safe sex however um you know I encourage all my gay men just to go on prep I encourage women, if you want to, to go on prep as well. I encourage people to also still have safe sex, uh, abstain from raw, unless you're married, um, still get tested, you know, and not even just for HIV, get tested for gonorrhea, syphilis, HPV, herpes, uh, the clap, all of that, trust me. So I have to do it every three months as a, uh, as someone that's on prep and, it makes me, I look back and think about how silly I was for these years that, you know, I allowed all of this to happen when, you know, it's like, wow, bitch, if you had gotten the education or even sought out education, you know, I lived close enough to Philadelphia, I probably could have went to the Whitman Walker Center and learned about safe sex and got condoms, you know, or... Somewhere else where I knew my parents wouldn't ever look in or anyone I knew would ever like go to. Except this one cousin I have, but I'm not going out anybody. So that's that. It also made me look at how lucky and blessed and fortunate I was that I am negative. That there is something called prep that is meant and targeted towards people like me you know, us young people or even older people too as well that, you know, are not abstinent. And, you know, we may not be in committed relationships at the time or even if we are in committed relationships and especially as a gay man, it's like, okay, well, I know how the world view us. We're all promiscuous um, where we we just have sex with each other and other people and which is not true for everyone. There are straight people that do that too. But I do recognize and realize that when it comes to homosexuality the big thing always about it is AIDS or HIV and it's 
I didn't really think about it until I was older, probably within the past year or so since I've been on prep. And I'm like, damn, like, yeah, that's probably why. And the person I was sleeping with for years and it was only one. I've only had one body count for years. Now I have more than that. But this person was the same age as I. Um, I don't I mean, they swore even to this day. They never had sex with anyone else but me at the time we were having sex. And. I was still scared that this person was going to give me something and they're not having sex with anyone else and they're the same age as me. So I'm like, well, why the hell is this? Look, as an adult, someone that's 29 years old, I'm like, well, why was I scared of that where 16 year old me didn't think about that or have the sense or knowledge to know that, hey, if this person doesn't have it, you're fine. You're good. If this person this person can't transmit anything to you because they don't have it in the first place. Rather than me being stressed out, scared to get tested, gaining weight, crying, having countless nights where I'm waking up in shock, uh, stressed out. Uh, y'all, I was a mess. Like there was probably about 10 years I was a mess. And recently I was a mess because I stopped taking prep for nine months. And I just went back on it two months ago because I said, you know what, Kim? You may have to pay that copay every three months for your blood work and to get tested for everything, but your peace of mind is priceless. You cannot pay for peace of mind, trust me. And knowing that at least on that field, I'm good, that's a blessing. Now I have to work on other things like my financial health, my other type of health, you know, um, and also my mentality, my my mental health, excuse me. You know, I got to make sure that's good, too, because these motherfuckers out here are driving me crazy. So that's what I had to speak on about that topic. Now, let's get to some questions I got. OK, so the first question is, how old were you when you came out? Uh, I don't know if I officially came out per se. I do think, you know, let's say before 2015, when people were just coming out, it was more like you sit down, you tell your friends, your family, you're gay, they cry, you talk to them, they try to make you feel better. Or you have that horrible coming out story where they're like, you faggot and get out of my house and I don't accept faggotness and all this other mess. I never had that issue, you know, I will say that. When I was a kid, I noticed I had attraction. I was attracted to other boys, you know, and I still thought girls were cute. I still think women are beautiful. Um, I do appreciate a beautiful woman, a woman with a beautiful body, a woman's mind, all of that. I appreciate it. I love it. I'm actually attracted to it, but I just never thought of seeing myself long-term married to a woman, having children with a woman. I always seen it with the man. And I think that as I've gotten older, you know, I just, uh, you know, I just like kind of just like expressed that f to friends. I don't know if my friends kind of seen it and it was just like, okay, whatever. We obviously know it doesn't matter. So I never, I don't think I have a coming out, but I will say this. I became very comfortable in my sexuality sophomore year of college i'll say that okay number two does your parents know that you are gay 
Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, they say mothers know, um, but I didn't really have much of a mother, so I don't know if she recognized or realized it. Uh, my father called me the F word plenty of times, called me faggot more times than I could count, but I was like 10, 11 years old. And I didn't do anything. He would say it when he was about to beat me and I would cry or in football practice when he didn't think I performed up to his standards. Mind you, this motherfucker never played football. Um, but, you know, he thought he had the right to criticize somebody. Um, so I, I don't know if they do. Great. Um, I don't want to out anyone, but allegedly I have another family member that is gay. I happen to see a Facebook picture of my sperm donor putting up the rainbow flag, and I was very shocked. And this is someone I've heard say homophobic slurs for many years, so I was just very shocked by that. I still think he's a trash person, a trash human being. I've never got an apology from him, so I mean, I think he's still evil, but I don't know if his relationship with that person made him comfortable to put up the rainbow flag or what, but... I don't know if they know or not. Um, my one grandmother definitely knows. I think I was outed by someone I'm close with uh, when we were going through a tiff. But it's also possible she just know because she's my grandmother. My other grandmother, I think she's just one of those people that she knows, but she just doesn't want to talk about it. So that's her business. I don't feel the need to come out to people. Um... If you ask me, I'll be straight up with you, but I, I don't feel the need to come out, you know, it is what it is. I'm not dating anyone serious. If I ever did, and I'm like, okay, it's time for you to meet, like, my grandmothers, I would introduce them. I would probably start off by saying they're a friend, but I probably wouldn't say, oh, this is my man or whatever. But we ever, like, got engaged or something, I would say, hey, I'm marrying such and such. It is what it is. Question number three, what is your body count? Oh, that's easy to answer. None of your damn business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why are people obsessed with body counts? I don't know. Let's go to the next question. Number four, did you ever feel like you had to hide your sexuality at work? Wow, this is a good question. Um... So my, this is, okay, so I'm one of those people that feel like you're at work one-third of your life, so you're definitely, unless your job is like completely horrible, and I've worked at a completely horrible job, but I made friends there, but one of my best friends, you know, I got her a job, well, I didn't get her a job there, but I told her about it and encouraged her to apply, and she got it, so it was easier, and people saw our dynamic, people I was cool with, so I got closer with them because of that. Um, I don't think you need to come out to people at work. If you befriend someone and they just happen to find out or know, or y'all grow a relationship and they know, I think that is completely fine. But I definitely don't encourage people to be like, yes, at work. And I, I don't encourage that because you don't know how some people are. And, you know, discrimination on someone's sexuality is actually not illegal in some states some states is still 
it's still allowed. You know, people might look down on it, but it's not like forbidden or, you know, and if you work at a certain organizations like conservative organizations, and I'm saying that in air quotes, they, I can see, I can see why they would fire you or something. Plus you don't want people you don't know like that in your business anyway. So I never felt the need to come out and work, but, um, I definitely have coworkers that know about me. So number six. Okay. Do you adhere? This gotta be someone I know because this question is very specific and it's something I talk about a lot. Do you adhere to white mainstream media version of gay? Uh, first of all, I don't even, <laughs> I really think I know who asked this question. Okay, so, I would really need to know what white mainstream media version of gay is. If you're asking me if I'm like Will and Grace gay, um, I'm very clean and organized, but that's just because I was raised to be that way. Um, I... I'm not a big sports watcher, but I mean, I do like politics and history and reading. Um, um, I like Cher, but I'm not a Cher fan. You know, I do love Madonna, but my mom is an MTV, my biological mother is an MTV generation person. And Madonna has a black people that were born in like the 70s. And 80s have an affinity for Madonna, low key. They really like they do. Madonna was really like that that bitch. Like she was the like the first dance queen and stuff. If you have older cousins or parents around the same age as my egg and sperm donors, talk about Madonna. Some of them really fuck with her heavy, and I do too. So I like Madonna, but I I I don't really understand the rest. This question. Um, I will say this. Uh. I, 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 I don't know. Next question. <laughs> Are you attracted to black men only? And if so, how come black gay men are only attracted to other gay black men? Uh, first of all, that question is not true. Uh, one in five gay relationships are interracial relationships, but that leaves 80% that they're not. Also, um, the percentage of out gay black men is higher than out white gay men. So clearly, there's a lot of black men dating other black men. Um, but to answer your question, I believe we're all God's children. Originally, um, I do think people make some choices where they become agents of Satan, but that's just me. Uh, I'm not going to say, you know, white people are descendants of Yakub. I don't believe that. Um, I will say this, though. I have an appreciation for black gay men. I love them because I'm one. Also, I feel like we will have a lot in common that I wouldn't be able to converse with a white partner about, you know. And also the struggles of being a gay black man. I feel like, you know, all right, 
black people traditionally in the United States, you know, they're very, um, very family oriented. Um, not everybody grew up in broken homes and single moms. Not everyone's like that. Both of my, well, my mother and my stepfather grew up with both of their parents and they, um, and I always had a man in the house. Uh, I don't, I don't dislike white gay guys at all. I've definitely dated a white guy before. Um, I'm open to all races, um, ethnic groups. You know, I like who I like. I do think that people should be very open to who they're dating. Um, But I will say I think it would be easier for me to date a gay black man because... Especially a black American man because it's like I... I just feel like we would just know the struggle together, you know. We're both viewed the same on the streets. We both uh, probably have more in common than I will with a white gay man. So, yes, I I won't go as far as say I have a preference for black men, but I, I love them and I'm one. So I, I have an affinity for them. I will say that, not a fetish, an affinity for them. I think, I hope that's the right word. If it's not, y'all, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be PC with this. Um, I told you guys I've been getting a lot of like some criticism and some suggestions. So, I'm just open to anything. I love my black man. You know, I love a good white man who's not racist. Um, an Asian man. Uh, definitely would date an Asian man. I actually like one right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's scroll. Let's scroll to the next question. Where was the wildest place you've ever had sex? You know what? F it. I'm going to answer this question. I was a teenager and we were sneaking around. So I actually had sex in like this abandoned truck. It was like, you know, like the 18 wheelers, like the 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 tractor trailer. So the actual inside of the tractor trailer, there was like a trailer junkyard or whatever. And me and the person we uh that I was with, we um I was a teenager, so I wasn't in college yet. You know, I couldn't have sex at home or whatever. So we went into the trailer, and that's that's probably the craziest place I've ever did it. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I just said that. And we've been talking for 26 minutes, so I'm definitely not restarting this episode. Uh, what's the next question? Do you regret putting any of your personal business on the podcast? No, I don't regret it, but I there has been moments where I'm like, oh, should I have said that? Or, you know, I kind of have to think about it. Um, look, we're kikiing, you know, this is a conversation we're having. You know, you're inviting me to speak with you guys, except it's more one-sided because this is a podcast. Um I, I don't say I have regrets. I mean, I probably have a moment where I'm like, ooh, shall I say that? But then it goes away. It's like, okay, I'm an open book. And it's not like I'm telling y'all, oh, I had a train ran on me, which I've never had happen to me. Or, you know, I had sex with, you know, three married men or something, which I've never done. So I, I, I'm not a, I don't regret telling you guys like little things. You know, I feel like a lot of the stuff I tell you guys is like, Oh, that's crazy. Oh, okay. But it's nothing like, oh, damn, this bitch is scandalous. I mean, 
I think the first episode I told you how this guy like pulled out his dick on a train for me and wanted me to have unprotected sex with him. And I said no. And I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. I did the right thing. I don't know you. I'm not just going to sleep with you. I just met you. Yeah, you were cute, but that's not going to, that doesn't just mean I'm going to jump on it. And second of all, without protection, that is nasty. And second, I mean, fourth or third or whatever number I'm on, I wasn't even on prep then. So, and even if I was, it's like, no, you could still get the clap, the the chlamydia, the gonorrhea, the, uh, I ain't even going to pronounce it. It's, what's the, starts with the H's, not herpes, it's another one, the man say it on Mari all the time, I gotta ask my one friend who's in public health and uh, sociology, she knows what I'm talking about, next question, would you give the, uh, would you give the advice you give on your podcast to your children if you have them in the future, yes, I will, Um, I mean, hopefully this podcast will go on for many years, or lead to something bigger and um, a bigger platform and I will be expressing about it. Uh I don't think I say anything horrible. You know, I'm not saying follow what I've done. I'm just telling you guys what I've done. Uh I don't necessarily think I would do them in the future, but a lot of the stuff I've gotten involved with that I shared with you guys that I've shared, um I think I did the right thing. I avoided it or you know, I took precaution. Or, you know, I always put out a disclaimer like, yes, I may have slept with this person without protection, but I got tested and they got tested and we were exclusive and I was on prep at the time. So that's, you know, and if I do have children, because I'm back and forth about having children or not, um, I definitely want to talk to my kids about sex because, you know, my parents not talking to me made me a complete mess and... I don't want them going through that. You know, I want my kids to be very open with me. I will encourage my kids not to date until they're 18. I personally don't see the reason of a high school relationship. If you want to go to college, I want you to go somewhere far, or go overseas. And you can't do that if you're too busy dating um, Lucas or a Deshaun or a Brian. And, you know, he want to go to Texas A&M and you want to go to uh, Lincoln. Those are like 2,000 miles away. It's like not going to work. So, no, and when you're 18, you should be focusing on school and not dick, you know. So, that's just how I feel. Or vagina, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> next, ooh, only got two more questions. Okay, I'm going to answer them. So, next question is, oh, Okay. If you were to date a white man in the future and he was a Republican, would that how would that relationship go? The person actually said, like, will you break up? But I'm just going to phrase it where I could give you guys a more detailed question or answer. Um, I'm going to get attacked, but I don't care. I have nothing against Republicans. Um... Some of my family members are Republicans. Um, if you know anything about American systems and Republicans, Republicans are actually for businesses and fiscal being fiscally conservative. 
you know, the whole social conservative, that kind of mess conservative, I'm using that in quotes again, um, that's just a bunch of pissed off Southern Democrats who are racist, were upset that the Democratic Party were making concessions and rights to their black uh, party members. And they decided to switch to Republicans for I don't really know why they switched the Republican Party and why the Republican Party would accept them. But um, in some places in America, like even in my part of Pennsylvania, Republicans are pretty liberal. They really are. John Rivers was a Republican. It's just more like, look, we're not going to spend every dime we got on these programs and they're not working. Sometimes having a Republican in office is not a bad thing or an independent. And that is something I actually learned from Sam Katz. Uh, he ran for mayor, I think in 2003 against John Street. And he spoke to my political science class, my, I think that was senior year of college. Yeah, he was like, you know, and he was a Republican, but now he's an independent. He was like, yeah, you know, you, you have to change up administration. So the Democrats, yeah, you know, people praise them. That's the party of Obama, Clinton, JFK. I love JFK. I love Bill Clinton. I love Obama. But you know what? We have some good Republican presidents, too. And I'm not just going to say, oh, Lincoln. But, you know, Dwight Eisenhower did stuff. You know, he wasn't evil. I mean, you know, he did send the National Guard to protect the little uh, Rock Nine. Uh, the civil rights movement started in his administration. And I don't remember in my history, you know, I may be wrong, but I'm just saying in my studies, I never came across any articles or anything written about Dwight D. Dwight D. Eisenhower, excuse me, being, uh, you know, hesitant about civil rights in the United States. So I don't think he was all pro like, uh, but neither was Lyndon Bain Johnson and black people love him. So no, it's not going to be a, a date off. Um, and who says I'm even a Democrat? I mean, I am, but I mean, don't make assumptions because I'm black. Okay, and the last question is. Hold on, guys, I'm reading it. Okay, this is not a bad question. This is not a bad question. Do you think it's considered homophobic when someone says they don't want a gay child? I do not find that to be homophobic at all. I I guess the wording you say, I don't want a gay child or I don't want to. Yeah, I could see that being harsh, but I don't find it homophobic. I mean, I feel like as a parent's responsibility, your child is your duty is to guide and protect your child. So if you have a child who is gay, then, you know. If you love them and protect them and guide them, I think you're doing a good job, but you just may not w want them to be gay. You know, I personally don't want a gay child or wouldn't want my child to be gay. But that's because of I know the struggles of being gay and black in the United States and not being wealthy at all. So if I do have a gay child, they're going to be black because I plan on having black children. Um, and my children are biracial. If I do have them with a 
happen to have a white partner or an Asian partner, someone who's not black. Um, my children will still be black. Um, they will recognize that they're black. Um, they will respect their other culture as well. If they want to say I'm mixed, that's fine. But I will, you know, that's up to them. But I would view my children as black. But anyway, um, that's just one more obstacle they will have to go through. And it's unfortunate that it is an obstacle um, because you're not hurting anyone being gay. You know, you love who you love. And, but I just know how ignorant this world is. And I just want my child to have as little, figuratively speaking, strikes against them as they can. Uh, so, and in some countries it's illegal. So I, I can't understand when a parent say they don't want their child to be gay. And I'm saying it because I don't want my child to have another struggle, struggle against them. But if they come up to me, and they say, dad, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian or I'm bisexual or whatever, you know, I'm not going to be angry or mad. I'm just going to be like, damn, okay. Like, and not at them, I'm gonna be thinking. I'm just gonna think to myself, like, damn, like, okay, that's another struggle. But you know what? As my parent, as my job as a parent, oh, I need a drink. My job is to protect them. You know, if they're gay, I'm gonna have to guide them. Like, okay, this is what daddy, or my kids are gonna call me uh, Baba, or Papon, which is French for daddy. Um, like Baba, uh, Baba had to go through this, and he did this and I want you to learn this you know I want you to know about safe sex if they're a girl I want them to you know know about safe sex amongst lesbians I I will take them to you know meet other lesbian women that can probably talk to them about you know what they had to go through and what to experience and you know also bring positive lesbian influences around them you know I do have a couple lesbian friends so right there you know they'll have someone to look up to there. And if I have a gay son, he will have two fathers to look up to be like, okay, I know what to do. Um, But for a straight parent, you know, that's going to be more difficult because not you, they're they're still in 2019, even though people are more out and about gay people are still only out gay people are only 5% of the U S population. So Nine, there's 95% of the population is not gay and they may not have gay friends and that doesn't necessarily mean they're not homophobic they're homophobic they just probably don't have gay friends so if they have a gay child it's like damn I don't know anyone who's gay or friends with anyone that's gay I know gay people get a lot of slack I know it's going to be stressful and hard for my kid I don't want that to happen to them and you know part of a parent's job is to worry so I think that's only natural someone says, you know, they don't want a gay child. Now, if you say, you know, I will beat my child's ass or fuck him or fuck her up, that's a different story. At that point, yes, you are homophobic. So that's it. But I enjoyed the questions, y'all. Um, it wasn't that many, but yes, uh, I think two of them were actually the same question, but I separated them differently because they were written in like paragraph form. But, um, yeah, I like them. But, yeah, if you guys have any other questions, please feel free to uh, email me at klore, C-L-O-R-E-B-Y-R-D, bird, at iCloud.com. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have regarding, 
you know, the podcast or anything you want to know. Um, if you have any suggestions for another episode, just let me know. But that's the end of that. But it was it was good talking to you guys about this. You know, I um, this is probably a, a part of my life I'm still not very open about. I um, I'm not ashamed, but I don't really bring guys around my friends. Um, and I always say it's because I, I would bring, if someone's like important enough, I would introduce them to friends. I think there was only one guy I've ever dated or been with. I introduced to like my friends and when we like broke up or whatever, my friends are ride or die, including my sister roasted this man. You know, they say he looked like he's sleeping in the bed with no sheets and he has sheets on his bed. I got to defend him. Y'all know I would not date someone that's sleeping in the bed with no sheets because that's nasty. Uh, they say he like he sleeps on a, on an air mattress, which he does not. But again, my friends, this is my sister saying it, to be honest, most of this. She said the air mattress one, you know, she was just riding. But it's like, no, I would never lay down with someone that sleep on an air mattress or a bed with no sheets. Um, but also, I don't like being embarrassed. So, you know, I don't want to date someone and then it crumbles down and it's like, damn, I brought this person around my people. And, you know, I don't think my friends are going to tease me like, ha, ha, ha. But I just don't want the whole, oh, my God, Ken, I'm so sorry. This sucks. This is bad. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't want to deal or think about it. It's like when I meet someone who I think is the real deal and I'm like, okay, we're together, we're good, we're in a relationship, that's when I would bring them around my friends. My friend Stephanie kind of did that, even though I didn't like being the last one to know. She kind of did that with her boyfriend and he's a great guy. They're still together. I like him very much. Um, I would do what she did, you know. I think they dated for a few months and everything. And then she introduced him at large to all of us at her housewarming and that is something that I think is cool she already knew him they've been dating she actually met his family he met her family and I'm like oh okay and if I date someone and I'm very serious with them I will literally probably introduce them to my sister and my two best friends first and then I would introduce them to the rest of my other friends because those three, my sister, my two best friends, Kiana and Blaze, if they don't like them, then it's not good for you. You know, we might have to break up. So I probably should not have said that because I can see them being bitches <laughs> and being like, we don't like him just for the fun of it. But, um, but yeah, that, that, that's really how it is. But, um, but I, it's, it may be possible that, you know, I might be scared to bring out someone because it's like if it gets too serious, I will eventually have to bring them around my grandmothers. And I don't know how they're going to be about it. They're both very, very, very into the religion, Christianity, church stuff. I love Jesus. I'm a Christian as well. But I believe Jesus love all. I don't just get my... uh interpretation from a pastor and then read the bible blindly if you get what i'm saying so 
But, I mean, if it comes to that, they're just going to have to meet the person and be cool with it if they still want to have a relationship with me. Because if I'm with you, I'm with you. And I think that's another reason why I'm hard on the guys I date, too. Because it's like, look, you're representing me. I'm representing you. Don't embarrass me. I won't embarrass you. So, it is what it is. But, you guys, thank you for this other episode of Kiki with Ken. If I ramble too much, I'm sorry. I haven't had any drinks yet all day. My mouth is getting dry. I'm craving alcohol. My friend is on her way here. And this is not a open table episode of Kiki with Ken. So, I want to make sure we're done before she gets here. But, you guys, stay blessed. It was great speaking with y'all. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I told you guys I have people in Jordan, the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, listening to my podcast. I am just like ecstatic about that. So if you in Amman or if you bought the West Bank, what's up? Take a dip in the River Jordan for me. Um, I appreciate you listening to my people in Philly. I appreciate you listening. DMV, Cali, Texas, our people in Hungary, France, and the UK, everywhere all over the world. Dr. Manhattan, if his ass is in Mars, serve you listening. Shout out to you too. Love y'all. Have a great weekend. And I will definitely be back next week for episode four. Bye-bye.